Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. I am a female leader in the pro sports industry, and my front office resume includes titles like GM, VP of Corporate Partnerships, and Director of Sales. Join me each week as I interview women in the sports industry to teach you the tips and the mindset that will get you to the next level faster. Did you know that less than 25% of leadership roles in the sports industry are held by women? We've got work to do. Why? Because diverse leadership helps your bottom line. We are 35% more likely to outperform the competition. How can we improve this stat? It's easy. Visibility. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. So I'm here as your host to bring visibility to women who are crushing it in the sports industry. Join me week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. We will lead you forward because leadership is female. Hey leaders, let me be blunt. Sometimes in order to level up, you've got to get a new job. Because of this awesome community we have created here for engaged sports professionals and leaders in adjacent industries, opportunities are floating to this community. Do you want to hear about them? I want to share these new opportunities with you. Recently, I've included listings of available jobs in our newsletter and will continue to do so. If you aren't on that newsletter list, you can add your email at leadershipisfemale.com. And if you are hiring, email me at my personal email, emilyjansen at gmail.com, so that I can share your open role. If we want to continue to add diverse, talented leaders to our businesses, we have to look for new ways to recruit this diverse talent. 80% of our listeners on the Leadership is Female podcast are women. Find your next great hire here. Let's go. Emily Messina is entering her third season, second in the broadcast booth with the Reading Fighting Phils. Emily also assists with public relations, graphic design, and social media. She spent a winter with the Melbourne Aces of the Australian Baseball League. There, she was the voice of the team, worked as a PA announcer and play-by-play and color commentator. Prior, Emily worked for the Cleveland Indians Advanced Day affiliate, the Lynchburg Hillcats, as their press box manager and a part of the broadcast team. A Pennsylvania native, Emily began her career in the athletic department of the Catholic University of America. Today, Emily talks to us about her career, gives advice about how to get into the role of your dreams, and lends her take on commitment to your goals. Let's go. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast, Emily Messina, broadcaster for the Reading Fighting Phils AA affiliate of the Phillies. So happy to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. So Emily, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to uh, our audience, who you are and what you do. Uh, Emily Messina, as you said, working for the AA affiliate of the Phillies now, spent um, a couple other seasons in baseball, traveling over a bit, um, worked some athletics in college as well, um, as was a college athlete, a swimmer. Um, born and raised in Pennsylvania, so lucky to be back working in my home state. Yeah, as a Pennsylvania native, it's got to be so cool working in your home state. What's that like for you when this career can really take you anywhere? I honestly was, I honestly never imagined myself living in Pennsylvania ever again. Um, so I was really surprised when it ended up working out that way, especially because I had been all over the place the few years prior. So it's actually really nice to be 
within driving distance of my family um, and to be like a little bit more familiar with the area. Yeah, especially because when you're working for your team, you're really hometown. Like you're so focused on that community. And um, I know that the fans love it when they feel like they've got a local or a native on their side. So I'm sure they're thrilled to have your voice um, as the voice of their team. Yeah, it's nice knowing, you know, a lot of the history, like coming in and knowing the history of the Phillies and growing up watching the older players who come around the ballpark sometimes. So it's nice to have that um, as I broadcast. Totally. Um, well, you're not always in Pennsylvania. This winter, you went to Melbourne and you were the voice of the Melbourne Aces and the Australian Baseball League. So I got a few questions here. One, how'd you get that opportunity? Two, what was it like and how did your experience differ from minor league baseball? So I was finishing up a job in Virginia and uh, it was just seasonal. So I needed to look for something else and I really wanted to still get some more baseball experience. So I knew I had to look overseas because that's the only where they're playing um, in the winter. So I saw a posting for a job for the Melbourne Aces and I just like applied for it on a whim and I didn't think about it. I never thought I would get it. Totally forgot about it actually. And then a couple months later, they emailed me back and they were like, hey, we would really like to interview you. Like, what do you think? And in the span of like three days, I was interviewed, I got the position and I had to decide if I wanted to go. And it was such a whirlwind, but I was really open to taking new adventures. So I didn't hesitate. Oh my gosh, how amazing. And that's like literally on the other side of the world. So what was, um, what was that like packing up and, and heading to Australia and um, what's, what's baseball like down there? It was very interesting um, to get ready for the trip because I had no idea what to expect. But since they spoke English, I was a little bit more comfortable. Um, and when I got over there, everyone is so friendly, very relaxed pace of living, um, very similar culture to America. So there wasn't a ton of adjustment for me, which made it really easy to just hit the ground running working there. But baseball is pretty different. Obviously, rules of the game are the same, but in their league, their Australian baseball league is the highest level that you can get to over there. So that league contains like all the top tier players. But in Australia, that's different than in America because those players range from, you know, double A players all the way over to X major leaguers. So you might have at one point we had, you know, a 40 plus year old X major league pitcher throwing to an 18 year old catcher trying to get his start in baseball. So it's really wild to see it all come together with such different talent levels on the field. And I was lucky enough that we won the championship when I was down there. Oh, wow. How cool. Is, does that rank among one of the top memories that you've got in baseball? Winning? Yes. We're just working there. Both, well, well, honestly, I, guess both. I, I know some people work their whole lives in sports trying to get a ring. Yeah. And I was really lucky to do it and, or to be a part of it in the second season that I worked in professional sports. So, so that was really exciting. And especially because a lot of those, that is the highest level there. So a lot of those players, that was like the peak of their career for them. Um, it was awesome to see it happen. 
What does a preparation look like for you when you're getting ready to call a game, especially when you've got a roster that sounds pretty wide ranging in terms of experience? So much research, so much digging, honestly, like crazy digging, like weird digging, because I am a broadcaster that likes to take in the stories, take in um, the fun facts, provide a little bit more insight than just statistics. So I always try to like come up with whatever I can outside of the statistics. Um, so that takes a lot of time consuming, um, watching old interviews, reading old articles, um, looking at their personal social media pages, um, you know, going back to their college days or their high school days and seeing what I could find. So that's the biggest stuff that helps me um, through the broadcast. That's awesome. I always find that to be the most interesting to listen to when you've got information on, on the people. So that sounds uh, good. You're, you've got investigating skills as well. And you did mention social media. And I know that when you're in writing, you wear a few more hats um, other than your hat is working as the voice of the team, but also public relations, graphic design, and social media. That's a lot of roles. Talk to us about time management and what are your tips for our listeners for balancing a full plate at work? Well, I will say time management has always been a skill of mine growing up an athlete, um, going to school, working. I've definitely been able to grow those skills uh, early on in my life, but making lists is about as much as I can say to help balance. Honestly, I struggle with it. And I don't want to leave people the wrong way. It's hard. I don't have it figured out. Do you? Do you have <laughs> insights? Because so, I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, making lists is, is obviously like step one, you know, in, in getting it done. And then I think we all go on this roller coaster at times of motivation where you can like set that intention, make that time block, tackle that list. And you are feeling like on top of the world. And then you could be sitting at your desk the next day and you're finding every distraction in the world before you can even check off one thing. And I think that's like the top, top thing that I struggle with and having so much on my plate is stick like having the motivation to to stick to it like day after day after day after day and um really my you know my tips I sort of laid out already you said lists which absolutely and even just putting you know pen to paper time blocking on my schedule so literally setting appointments with myself to get the work done not always filling my calendar with appointments with other people and making those blocks specific to like a, a specific set of tasks. So you're not like going from one thing to the next and back and forth. There's a lot of time wasting in that. Um, and the, the part that I struggle with is that motivation. So my tip around that is like, leave your computer. Like you're never, it's really, really hard to like will yourself into getting 50 things done when you're just like not feeling it. So that could be anything, whatever you're into. I mean, taking a walk outside, like calling a friend, taking an exercise class, like something that's going to let your brain like make the departure rather than like killing more time aimlessly, like reading news stories on my phone, like I'll do or <laughs> scrolling on social media. I definitely media. agree. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to take a step back and remove yourself and then dive back into it. 
And I do think the one thing that having a lot of different roles helps with is like, if I get stuck on writing a piece, then okay, I'll switch and make a graphic or I'll circle back and set up some posts on social media. So I can kind of go around and do all of my tasks if I need a break from one um, and then come back to it when I have, you know, more intention to do it. Yeah, hundred percent. And you obviously you need to build skill sets like in those areas as well. And they're not as symbiotic as you might think like PR, graphic design, social media, like they do share some elements, but they require different skill sets. So um, what tips do you have for, for people who want to grow um, their skills in those areas? Ask a lot of questions is what I would say. When I first was getting into graphic design, you know, I YouTubed a lot. I researched a lot on my own self-taught, but at some point, you know, if there's somebody at the office sitting next to you that knows how to do it, just ask. And sometimes even collaborating helps you come up with more designs, more ideas, um, and it helps you learn too. And you'll share stuff that you know with them and they'll share stuff that they know with you. So I think um, just being able to know how to ask for help and um, utilize that to your benefit. Emily, I love that you said that because I heard someone tell me the worst piece of advice that they ever received was people are too busy. So keep your head down and don't bother anybody. And I about flew out of my chair. That was the worst advice in the entire world, because in order to grow in your role, you need to ask questions and asking somebody for help is also an opportunity for them to share their knowledge or cement something that they've learned. Cause I really think like you, you can grow through teaching someone else. Your skill set is sharpened when you've had to show somebody else how to do it. So um, I'm, I'm thrilled that you, you said that. Are there any apps besides YouTube that you use to help in those areas? Mainly, mainly YouTube, I would say for graphic design, because there's audio and visual instructions going on at the same time. So depends on your learning style. For me, I'm more of a visual learner, so I kind of need to see it happening um, as opposed to just reading about it. But that's definitely something, you know, know who you are as a learner um, and that'll help you find the right tool. Yeah, great, great point there. What's the biggest hurdle you've had to overcome so far in your career? I would say the biggest hurdle and one that I'm still working on is learning not to be taken advantage of um, just because I can write and, um, you know, I'm a woman doesn't mean I want to, you know, set up the time frame schedule or write your responsibilities for you. So I think um, learning how to not be taken advantage of in a way that is still respectful and in a way that gets your point across without being rude is a very fine line and very difficult and something that I'm working on and something that's been challenging for me. Yeah, I'm so happy you brought that up. It's such a great point because in so many instances, we're all hands on deck and you want to jump in and be a team player, but you also have to have boundaries and it's, it's tricky, um, but it's, it's so good to identify that and, and work on it um, and be able to put in a hard line so that you can put in the excellent work for the areas that you've been hired to do so. Right. 
Yeah, 100%. And so what's the, the biggest lesson that you've learned? So I think these kind of go hand in hand. And part of the reason why it's so difficult is because the biggest lesson that I've ever learned in working in general or in anything I do is to say yes to anything, to be open, to offer up your services, to offer up support. And that's so difficult because that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying. But the, the opportunities come when you're willing to say yes to help. Um, for me, that came when I was get my first job out of college. I said yes to anything that they asked me to do so that in return, they would feel comfortable giving me some airtime because I was willing to help them. And so they were willing to help me as well. So you just want to try to do that without letting them take advantage of you, um, which is hard. Yeah, but it's it's two, I, I hear that for sure. And it's two different things, like being taken advantage of versus offering to help is like, one is, um, is you saying yes and like accepting the job. The other one is you, if you said yes, it would be like in reluctance. Mm -hmm. So That's a good way to describe it. Yeah. And, and I think th those are two amazing pieces of advice. And I think this one kind of, this question kind of ties in as well. Um, so it's sort of twofold, like how much does confidence play into success in a role like yours? Like you need confidence for the two areas you described with, with the hurdles and the lessons, but you also need confidence in taking the mic. So what was that like for you? Definitely something you grow into. I would say, but so crucial to the role, especially as a broadcaster, I think you have to be, you know, confident and believe in yourself and know that you are talented and that you're doing a good job and that you've put in the work that you deserve to be there because sometimes you might get some pushback here and there, but if you are strong in believing in yourself, then nothing can sway you from going after your goals. At Leadership is Female, we are so excited to welcome Mobot as a brand partner. We use and love this product and know you will too. Mobot is a female-founded and led company that has promised to do things differently, from the core philosophy of sustainability and helping people feel good to the holistic approach of healing and creating movement around daily recovery and wellness, Mobot is the best. Mobot is a revolutionary fitness product and was the first to patent the combined high-performance travel, foam roller, and reusable, environmentally sustainable water bottle. Unique and recognizable, Mobot's proprietary technology is designed to be both impressive in form and function, not to mention beautiful and easy to carry. Order your Mobot today and use the code, all one word, leadership is female for 15% off. Visit Mobot.com today to get your Mobot water bottle. Visit Mobot.com. Hey leaders, if you want to be in for a treat, definitely subscribe to the show if you have not done so already, because we have so many amazing episodes coming up. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify wherever you listen so you don't miss out. And if you leave us a review or post about me or tag leadership is female on your Instagram stories, 
to talk about the show, we'll enter you into a giveaway. We're giving away something every single month. Some of my favorite things from my favorite work bag to my favorite sunglasses. Make sure that you spread the word and we will reward you for that. I'll also send you a personal thank you note and repost your comments and reviews. Last thing, did this episode bring you any insights, ideas, aha moments, anything you are inspired by? If so, take one second and share the link, post about it on your Instagram, text your friend, email, so many ways to share leadership is female. And if you do post about this show, again, don't forget to tag at Leadership is Female or at Emily Jansen or my awesome guest today, because knowing that this conversation made a difference for you means the world to us and we love to see it. Thank you so much. So how do you deal with negative feedback if, and when you receive it? Um, you know, if it's, I'm really good at taking constructive criticism because I really just want to learn and get better. And so if somebody really has a good piece of criticism, I'm willing to listen and I'm willing to try new things. But on the other hand, it's really hard when, you know, like somebody online is just like trying to knock you down for no reason. Um, and it could be hard to turn away from those things, but you just try your best not to, to listen to them and know that you're where you're supposed to be and having, you know, a good support group of honestly, other women in the field, um, and my coworkers as well has been really helpful. Yeah. Know where you're supposed to be. That's, that's number one. And the support group is definitely number two, because, Keyboard warriors um, are, are not helpful. It is not the constructive criticism that you've described. Right. Yeah, those are definitely two different things for sure. Yeah. And so what's your advice for women who want to get into play-by-play and or color commentating? I would definitely say apply to as many positions as you can apply to. Out of college, I probably applied to like 200 different jobs not all of those broadcasting, but anything I could do to get my feet wet, to get in the door um, that might have the promise of getting on air a little bit, just so I could get some experience, get some tapes. I was lucky enough when I went to college and worked in the athletic department, I was able to get some experience there too. So I had a reel already um, going into looking for jobs in baseball. So I think that definitely helped me out. And this is a weird piece of advice that I could give to anybody trying to get into baseball specifically, is if you can work it out in your schedule, try to either graduate early in December or try to take some of your spring classes online, because I think that was crucial to me getting my first job is that I was available to start working before the baseball season started and prepare, whereas most people who were coming out of college were not able to start until after the May graduation. So I think if you can get yourself just a little bit ahead of everybody else and you're able to start in February or March before the season starts and before everything gets rolling, that is going to really pay off for you. Oh, that's amazing advice. And where did you, where did you start your tape? Like, where did you start practicing um, for this skill set? So I went to a small school in Washington, DC, Catholic University. 
And I was lucky because of the program there, you know, it's not like an SEC school. They don't have professional broadcasters on the air. They have students working their events. So um, I was selected to call some of the games and that's how I really got my started. You know, I listened to other tapes. I listened to other reels. Um, there were a couple other people that did it. So we were able to like critique each other, but I think um, just finding that place in my college uh, where I was able to get that experience and try something out when maybe there wasn't a ton of listeners um, following gave me a good step in the door. And where did the passion come from? You mentioned being an athlete and a swimmer, but where was your passion for, um, for calling a game? Where'd that come from? I tell this story a lot and I love it. So when I was younger, my family would always take trips from Pennsylvania to the Jersey shore. Um, and my parents are from New York. So they would listen to the Yankees game on the radio on the drives down. And Susan Waldman was and is still on the air for the Yankees doing their color commentary. So I would always hear that voice like on every trip that we took down. And it was such a, a big influence on me because it told me that this was more than something I could just do for fun. This was something that I could really pursue. And so that's why I think that representation is such a huge thing for women in this industry. And she let me believe that that was an opportunity. I love that so much. I mean, the fact that you were inspired by Susan Waldman on this podcast, we say there's that quote, you can't be what you can't see. And so that's the whole purpose of the podcast is visibility for women, working women in sports who are just crushing it that you might not have known existed to, so that the next girl can know that she's out there and can help lead her forward. And you just provided like such an amazing example. I love that visual of thinking about you in, in the car with your parents. And it was the dream. The dream was born. It was definitely. So Emily, can you share a goal that you've set for yourself this year? I want to work on being more creative this year. I think um, sometimes I'm so factual and I really have to try to expand myself and come up with some new ideas on my own and not only think of those ideas, but actually put them into practice. So that's something I really want to sit down and brainstorm um, what I want to do, whether it's, you know, coming up with new video ideas, um, coming up with more creative interview questions or just calls on the air. I definitely want to be more creative this year. So what, what does that creativity look like? What is the future for broadcasting? I think there's so many doors that can be opened in broadcasting. I think it's been in this little circle for so long. And I think we're getting to the point where we can really start trying to broaden that. And I want to help that happen. And I want to do it growing into my own broadcaster. I don't want to um, stay inside the line so much. I want to keep it traditional, but I also want to make sure that I'm giving it my own flair. I'm making it interesting. I'm making it something that people want to come back to watch or to listen to. So I think that being creative and grabbing people's attention is a big part of that. And so I'm hoping that I can try to expand my own um, career by doing that. That's awesome. So we've come to the point in the interview, final four questions. 
And the first one is what's your best piece of advice for women to apply today so that they can level up tomorrow? I would just say apply, apply, apply. Just keep applying for jobs. Don't get discouraged if you don't hear back from jobs. Don't get discouraged if you get turned down. Something will come for you that is right for you. And it's hard, but it's totally worth it. Yeah, I, I've got to just piggyback on that for a second. Like applying is challenging, right? When you've got to just keep putting yourself out there and doing it over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, listeners need to take advice from you because these roles that you are going after are one of one mm -hmm. and you've been so successful in landing your gigs just by putting your name out there and continuing to stay curious about what's available and going after what might be right for you. So got to commend you on that one for sure, Emily. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Applying is not the most fun thing in the world. Nobody likes writing cover letters all the time. We're filling out the same questionnaire over and over again, but um, you got to do what you got to do and it, it ends up working out. For sure. And you've had a couple of different positions and, and moved around a little bit and we didn't touch on it yet. So just to reiterate, like this application, we talked about Emily at the Reading Fighting Phils right now. We talked about her being in Melbourne just this over this winter, right? Last winter. Last mm -hmm. winter. And then before that, you were with the Cleveland Indians Advanced Day Affiliate, um, which are the Lynchburg Hillcats um, as their press box manager and part of their broadcast team. So, you know, and before that you were, you were at your university broadcasting. So there's, there's been a couple of opportunities that you've just really gone after. I love moving around. I love taking on a new adventure. Um, it doesn't scare me. It's actually something I really have enjoyed these past few years. So it's definitely interesting to have been in this one place for a little bit. Um, but I loved traveling and, and gaining new experiences and seeing how each and every place operated differently, but still successfully. Yeah. And speaking of travel, question two of the final four, what is your favorite place to travel? Anywhere new. I just want to go somewhere new, try something new, um, visit a new country, visit a new state, a new ballpark. Um, if I had to narrow it down to just like one place, I just wanted to go on the weekend. It's definitely Stone Harbor, New Jersey. That's where my parents live at the beach now. Love that. And what's your walk-up song? Okay. My walk-up, this was very tough for me to think about. Um, <laughs> it would definitely be like a musical, like beat only. So it's either going to be spirit in the sky, but just that like beginning beat part or, um, Mr. Blue Sky, which is just that beginning beat part two. Um, so those are what I would go with, I think. But I haven't decided if I would be one of those players that kept the same song forever or changed it when they were in a slump. That is still unknown. Yeah. Well, you, you've got uh, premium exposure to walk-up songs <laughs> in your role. What's the best one that you've heard? Um... Oh man. Well, there was one in Australia. It was there. It was like a song that they was popular in that country. Um, and there was a player named Colin who was on our team. And basically they like forced the song upon him because they loved it so much. But the 
the main like phrase in the song was, I want to have a beer with Colin because Colin's my mate. And so every time he would walk up, he would wait for that chorus. Everyone would like shout it so loud right before he stepped into the box and he wouldn't get in until the chorus was done. And then at the end of the season, we ran like a promotion where you could win a beer with Colin. And it ended up just being this like amazing thing that the crowd was so invested in. And I like when a song, you know, that's chosen for a player like infiltrates the whole stadium. Oh my God. I love that story. That is, that is so awesome. Um, okay. Final question. And probably our favorite one on leadership is female because there's a lot of inspiration that can be drawn from a great quote. What is your favorite? My favorite quote would have to be commitment means staying loyal to what you said you were going to do long after the mood you set it in has left you. I think for me, that's something I am always trying to work on. Um, like you said before, motivation is ever fleeting back and forth. But when I commit to something, it's really what I want to do. And I have to make sure that even when I get tired, even when I'm unmotivated, even when things aren't really going my way, staying loyal to what I said I was going to do. I love that. What a, what a great point and what a great inspiration for all of us. Emily Messina, thank you so much for joining us today on the Leadership is Female podcast. Where can we continue to follow you and cheer for your career? Well, thanks. My Twitter page is probably where I talk mostly about my career and where you can follow me best. It's at M underscore Messina underscore. Um, so that's the best place. Amazing. Thank you so much, Emily, and good luck this season. Thanks for having me. I appreciate being able to connect with you and talk with other successful women. With that, let's get into the top four takeaways. Number one, ask a lot of questions. Number two, know the kind of learner you are. Number three, don't be taken advantage of. Say yes to what serves you and helps your team, but be mindful of your boundaries and primary responsibilities and take care of those first. Number four, Stay committed long after the mood in which you made the commitment has left you. This commitment is what will set you apart. Thank you for listening to the Leadership is Female podcast. It means the world to me that you chose to spend your time with this podcast today. If you like this episode, subscribe, share, and review. What can you do today to lead her forward? We will do our part to lead her forward because leadership is female. Thank you for joining us. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedus and distributed by Anchor FM.